Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestri, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for Tuesday, August the 2nd of the 18th week of the year. Our reading this morning comes to us by way of the book of Numbers, chapter 12, verses 1 through 13. Numbers, chapter 12, verses 1 through 13. One of the central tenets and characteristics and requirements of the Christian life, following the example of Christ, is the ability or the grace to forgive. Forgiveness is one of those words that uh, unfortunately have fallen victim to what we might call word inflation. Forgiveness is one of those things that have come to be lumped with uh, have a nice day, have a blessed day, or whatever. It's something we say as a substitute for have a nice day or have a uh, how's the weather or something like that. It has become trivialized. But for the Christian... It lies very deep, very deep within the identity of a Christian to forgive. Forgiveness begins with a recognition, the recognition that we have been forgiven, the recognition that we are in need of forgiveness and the recognition that we need to extend forgiveness. But the realization that we have been forgiven. There is no human being walking the face of the earth and will ever walk the face of the earth or has ever walked the face of the earth other than the Blessed Mother and uh, Jesus who have not been in need of forgiveness. It is the recognition that right from the beginning of our existence, the beginning of our conception, we have been forgiven. We need to be forgiven by Almighty God. And through baptism, original sin is washed away. The lasting effects, the eternal effects of original sin have been taken up into the death and resurrection of Christ. And we began as a new creation, our second birth, <clears throat> our second nature. Our nature has a new being, a new person, conceived in Christ, not simply by flesh and blood. And so the recognition that we ourselves have been forgiven and are in need of forgiveness must begin as the first step of our own forgiveness. Secondly, there must be the recognition that we need to forgive. If we find it difficult, if not impossible, to forgive, and we just simply hold on to the hurt, to the anger, to the desire for vengeance, revenge, 
not only is the person with whom we are hate-filled, hurt, above all, we are hurt ourselves. It hurts us inwardly. It corrupts us and destroys us. It eats away. It clouds the whole of our existence. It's like eating something that's very bad for us and we can't quite digest it. We can't get rid of it. Someone once said that revenge is taking poison and expecting someone else to die. Resentment, resentment does that. And the inability to forgive often comes from our inability to love. When the penitent woman came to Jesus, so overwhelmed with sorrow at her sins, that her sorrow expressed itself in tears to the point where she dried his feet with her hair. The Pharisees objected that Jesus was allowing this this sinful woman to touch him and to do these kind of things. Jesus said, leave her alone. Leave her alone. So great is her love, so deep is her forgiveness. Often people who cannot forgive have not found forgiveness in their own lives expressed to them. They're often deficient in love. One of the worst lines ever written and said in a movie, love means you never have to say you're sorry. It's just the opposite. Love means you have to say you're sorry all the time. All the time. Love is born to show forgiveness. Love is enriched and deepened by forgiveness. That's why we say to forgive from the heart, from the essence of our being. It's not that we have to run around crying. It's not that we have this kind of remorseful feeling hanging over us perpetually. It's not a feeling. It's a deep movement of the soul, of our, of our inner spirit. It is an act of the will. We want to make reparation. We want to make things right. We want to reconcile. And when we truly forgive from our heart, we know the tremendous burden that we feel lifted from us. There's a peace and a joy and a happiness that was denied us by ourselves because we refuse to forgive. Jesus on the cross, on the cross, in the Gospel of St. Luke, forgive them for they know not what they do. The first church martyr, St. Stephen, as he's being stoned, he looks to heaven and he prays that the Lord will not hold their sin against them. And in our reading, 
from the book of Numbers. Aaron, Moses' brother, and his wife, Miriam, they speak against Moses. They complain that the Lord speaks to Moses, but doesn't speak to them the way he speaks to Moses. They become jealous and resentful, and they speak against him and try to undermine him with the others. And the Lord hears this. And the Lord calls all three of them, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, into the holy temple, into the, into the tent, rather, into the tent. And he gets both of them, all three of them, rather, there. And this is what the Lord says. Should there be a prophet among you in visions, will I reveal myself to him? In dreams, will I speak to him? Not so with my servant Moses. I don't speak with him in visions and dreams. He has my trust, and face to face I speak to him. Plainly, and not in riddles. Why then do you, Moses and Miriam, why do you, Aaron and Miriam, why do you speak against my servant Moses? All of this is done in front of them. So angry was the Lord against them that when the Lord departed, the cloud withdrew from the tent. And there was Miriam, a snow-white leper. That was her punishment for speaking against Moses. And when Aaron turned and saw her as a leper, he cries out to Moses, Oh, my Lord, please do not charge us with the sin that we have foolishly committed. Let her not thus be like the stillborn babe that comes forth from its mother's womb, with its flesh half consumed. He prays now to Moses. He asks Moses' intercession. Don't hold this against us. And what does Moses do? Moses says, too bad. You, you got what you deserved. The Lord punished you. He doesn't do that at all. He does not do that. What does he do? Moses cried to the Lord, Please knight this, Lord. Pray heal her. Please not this. Pray heal her. Moses forgives, and he prays for her. That, that's what we are called to do as Christians the realization that God has forgiven us, that we have been entrusted with the ministry of forgiveness. So many lives and families and friendships, associations are destroyed by lack of forgiveness. 
Forgiveness is the bridge that heals, the bridge that restores, the foundation of love, and the expression of love is forgiveness. It's not easy, especially when we have been wronged, as Moses was, as Stephen was, certainly as Jesus Christ was. And yet forgive them. Forgive them. That's the challenge of the Christian life. That's, that's, the, that's the greatness, and the greatness is in the challenge to forgive as we have been forgiven. Let us this day ask ourselves, who is in need of our forgiveness? O Lord, as you have forgiven us, so forgive them. Forgive us our lack of forgiveness. And by your grace, may we forgive those as you have forgiven us the very words of the Our Father. Forgive us our debts as we forgive others. May that be our daily bread, to forgive as we have been forgiven. May we, may we be restored in that love, which is the foundation of the Christian life. God bless you.